Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by old people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, that's right, you're listening to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show, Raise the Roof, here on 3CR. Uh, my name's Shane, and I'm joined by my co-host, Fiona. Hey, Shane. Hi, Fiona. And Margarita Vindish, who's an academic at RMIT, uh, working on a PhD at Monash, and also an activist. Um, thanks for coming in, Margarita. Thanks for having me. All right. Fiona, you want to take it away? Yeah, so we've asked Margarita in today because she's doing some really interesting research that is relevant for older people um, in who particularly may be living in the city of Moreland. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your study, Margarita? Yeah, sure. I'm doing my PhD at Monash University and uh, the focus of my study is urban heatwaves and then looking at the concept of social vulnerability. And there I am uh, particularly interested in the experience of older women who are 70 plus and who live alone um, and how they are actually managing heatwaves which we know are increasing. Mm -hmm. Um, And as part of this study, I'm also very interested to actually um, try to maybe see, evaluate how the kind of key public health measure, uh, which is accessing public cool spaces, if that actually meets the needs of that particular population group. So you're looking at um, older women. So by older, you mean women that are over 70 years of age, um, living by themselves and living in the city of Moreland, which is Brunswick, Coburg, that kind of area. Um, what, why in particular are you focusing on Moreland? Well, I'm an ex-resident of Moreland yeah. and I've always really enjoyed Moreland, I have to say. Um, but uh, one of the other reasons is also uh, that it has come up as quite high on what's called a heat vulnerability uh, index. Okay. And the Heat Vulnerability Index was created by some Monash academics uh, and scientists, which was really about working out which particular areas in urban environments are more have higher risks uh, when it comes to heat waves. And they have kind of combined sort of socio-demographic uh, data with the build-up environment mm-hmm. and with the kind of urban space. Um, and through that have been able to then create this really fascinating map that gives then councils and state governments more of an idea of seeing where there's maybe pockets of people that are particularly vulnerable during a heat wave. Mm. And Moreland has come up as quite high 
uh, on that index, together so, with Darabin and some western. So the northwest of Melbourne comes up as particularly high. Mm, so, so why is it worse for people who are in living in cities than anywhere else? Like if the whole country is experiencing a heat wave, why should we be worried about older people living in these particular hotspots? Fair enough question. I mean, we should be worried about people living anywhere, really, in terms of heat waves, because, you know, already in 2014, the International Panel of Climate Change has warned that the increased heat waves that, as, as, as a consequence of climate change, are going to be one of the most detrimental uh, consequence um, of kind of climate change in Australia mm -hmm. and that we know the deaths of from heat waves will increase. And cities are particularly vulnerable because of the combination of, I guess, the density of people, like you've got a very high percentage of people living together, then you've got this incredible amount of built-up environment uh, and, and, and less shade, less greenery. Uh, and we also have a growing ageing population. Mm -hmm. uh, that combination again creates you know some real danger and with that I think one of the things that's particularly interesting is what's called the urban heat island effect which has now been studied much more intensively and what it basically means is that the urban heat island effect creates particular pockets in the urban spaces where it's just much hotter mm. and the real problem is that these spaces with the urban heat island effect it's the nights where sometimes you can have, you know, a, 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 a city or, or a few suburbs in the city, in a big city, where it might be four or five degrees warmer than mm. in a regional area or in the countryside. And we know it's, um, it's that kind of uh, lack of cooling down that affects people quite significantly. One, two days is often okay or just manageable, but then when a heat wave goes on three, four, five days mm -hmm. and the nights are so hot, so there's no reprieve for people and our kind of um, biological limit to heat is narrow for humans, that's when it gets then really dangerous. Mm. And, and the thing is also we have in Australia, we've got about 67% of our whole population lives in cities. And then we've got a really high percentage that live in the capital cities. And already heat waves have been, there's a prediction that they, we, we can see a threefold increase of heat wave days in the capital cities. Mm. And we know our ageing population is growing too. So it's like that combination that makes cities particularly vulnerable. And so these predictions that you just mentioned, that's a result of climate change modelling is that is is because I I mean in our lifetimes I'm sure we all have noticed that the nights are much hotter than they used to be um, and there's more hot days in a row but but what's the, what does the scientists say about this? Well the scientists say that uh, they are they are clear that heat waves will increase in in duration, in intensity and frequency. And that is a direct result, that increase is a direct result uh, from the burning of fossil fuels and the increase of greenhouse gas emissions, which, by the way, are still increasing. They're not mm. even going down. So, um, so there's a direct correlation there. And um, and it's that shift in terms of extreme weather. And, and, and so it, it's all the climate modelling that are happening by climate scientists that are actually seeing and, and, and basically saying because of the particular changes that are happening that are climate change related, um, it's just hotter. 
The yeah. days are hotter, the nights mm. are hotter, um, and then you've got the warming oceans that then create different kind of environments again. Um, that this is, you know, it's um, th that's just clear. And then, so we have that, and then we've combined that with with a kind of another, I would argue, a um, consequence of corporate globalization and kind of, you can say, a capitalist economy, which climate change is one of them. And then the other side, you have that kind of increase of urbanization, mm -hmm. yeah, where you have um, a massive kind of uh, a, a shift from, from the countryside to the cities. You have real migration, mass migration of a lot of countries of people moving into the cities because that's where the jobs are, the kind of country jobs are just disappearing. Um, and, and, and there then you have this concentration of people with then all these kind of, um, you know, built-up environment, um, because the other thing is also, of course, as we know, the real estate market. Yeah. That's the other kind of economic big yeah. thing, which about creating skyscraper, 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 no thinking through in terms of what's that like for people, but also what it means for the kind of local environment in terms of shade, cooling, all of that. There's no thinking through. Yeah, well, that's something that I wanted to ask about. Sorry, I'm going to derail Fiona's nicely laid out set of questions. Um, I understand that City of Moreland has one of the highest proportions of rental housing of, of any local government area in Victoria. Is that something that feeds into the problems that you're looking at? Well, I haven't really looked deeply into that, but mm -hmm. I would suggest that the chance is very high. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, would then relate to we know Australia has got very bad kind of rental laws. There's kind of no – there's very low standards in terms of landlords, in terms of – apart from maintenance of homes, but even from terms of environmentally, you know, um, uh, making making homes environmentally kind of um, uh, well and, and also safe for people um, – there's no, no no landlord has to put in an air conditioner or even fan. You know, there's just mm -hmm. no responsibility. And mm. the building codes are dreadful. Yeah. So if you are a renter, you, you, you can ask for solar panels, but there's a high chance there's going to be a no. You can ask for a split system. The chance is no. Yeah. Um, so unless you have a landlord that says, if you want to invest that, but then it belongs to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the government at the moment, the Victorian government is consulting about draft regulations that would introduce standards for rental properties uh, in the state. And that includes some requirements to install heaters in some kinds of properties, but nothing around cooling, um, which is pretty disappointing in the, the context that you're talking about. Or insulation. There, no insulation no. either. So, And there was an interesting stat in, in the research that they published alongside that saying that only a third of landlords, 33 four uh, percent understood that there could be negative health impacts from low energy efficiency of, of your property like only a third of landlords know that it's unhealthy to live in a bad house mm. somehow they seem to understand that perfectly well about their own houses not just not the houses they're providing to other people yeah it's it's very disappointing but i guess it tells us a lot uh, about the kind of housing how housing is perceived mm. in australia and i think i would say just pretty much all over australia that it's not considered a right but it's considered an investment opportunity yeah and so just on that in terms of the health um, impacts of these heat pockets and this high density living and poor quality housing um, are some people being impacted more so if you think about um, people who are vulnerable or people who may be particularly impacted by this who are they are they the people who that you want to speak to the older women or, or what 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 mm -hmm. sort of other impacts are there what makes people particularly vulnerable to this 
For me, one of the most interesting and uh, important studies on heat waves was actually done by a sociologist called Eric Klinenberg, and he did what he called an autopsy of a heat wave of a Chicago 1995 heat wave. And that was really quite instrumental in helping us understand how vulnerabilities actually kind of constructed. And he talks about heat waves as, as, as kind of structurally uh, determined catastrophes. Mm. And I think that's really interesting to look at it like that. And he said that the heat waves are silent and invisible killers of silenced and invisible people. Wow. And that, I think, tells us a lot about who um, who's most affected by heat waves. And we know that heat stress is mostly most mostly impacted uh, or, or considerably impacted are older people, so yeah. the elderly, but also the young people, people with pre-existing health conditions, people who have to use different kinds of medication, of course, homeless people too. Uh, we know in a lot of countries it's also workers who have to work outside, you know. Mm. Uh, we have terrible examples of, you know, in, in, in the Middle East and especially Saudi Arabia and Qatar where people were literally falling off building sites in 50-degree heat and they were forced to work there, like very, very dangerous. Um, but just about all the research has shown us that it's particularly the elderly that are most affected. And that's not just because of the biological issues like thermal regulation, pre-existing health conditions, chronic health conditions, but what comes into play very considerably are other factors such as gender, uh, such as your socioeconomic background, which is really poverty, so to speak, and social isolation. Yeah. And Margaret Lowen, who was an academic at Monash University, she did a lot of research around heat waves and she was one of the people who helped create that heat vulnerability index. Mm -hmm. She basically said that heat wave deaths are largely avoidable. And I think that tells us something. Mm. That makes it very clear it's not your individual being, but it's actually what's around you, the environment you live in, that actually then creates your vulnerability. And so, that's yeah. so who is responsible then? So is it is it something that if it's not a individual responsibility, are we asking state government or local government or federal government to do anything in particular here um, to address these vulnerabilities? Or, or what what are people doing? What are the governments mm. doing to address this? They know it's coming. So well, what what do they do? And the Australian well, government famously so forward looking when it comes <laughs> to the effects of climate change. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right, you know, and I think, you know, the problem has been that there, I would even argue that there's been even insufficient thought and probably the wrong prayers, so to speak, too, <laughs> because it's none of it actually led to any action. Yeah. yeah? Um, so when we talk about what is to be done, so to speak, and that's, I guess, the way I kind of... This is not just an issue in Australia. This is this has been an issue identified in a lot of countries. And what we keep coming up with is how do we actually organise our society? What do we value in our society? What responsibility do we think we have as uh, governments? And that's from federal, state to local, and then the community also. So, so where are we at when we talk about how to support people who are in need? But also at the same time, I think we need to think about why are particular groups in need of things? What, what is actually wrong with the way we live in society or how governments construct 
in terms of accessibility to welfare or, or the barriers that are put in place that actually make certain groups more vulnerable. Mm. Um, and and there, I um, like I said, I mean, I think what the, the way we really would need to look at that is number one, that heat waves should be treated with the same kind of seriousness as bushfires, floods, tsunamis, which they are not actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no kind of national heat plan, so to speak. Uh, we know when there is a terrible bushfire or whatever and there might need to be a kind of bushfire refuge that needs to be organised, um, or if there's particular floods, it triggers Commonwealth funding. Yeah? yeah. But heat waves don't trigger any Commonwealth funding. So why is that the case when we know that heat waves have killed more people in Australia than all other climate-related disasters combined. Oh, that's really interesting. So that is the key question we need to ask. And why do we think it's okay to lose so many lives um, and not think we should do something very seriously about that? And I think in some ways it goes back to somehow the fact that uh, in our very neoliberal society, when, you know, particular groups are not as productive, so to speak, you know, like working, 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 yeah. working, working, uh, but might be retired or so, that um, they are often even perceived a bit as a burden, yeah? So maybe it's an ageist thing as well, perhaps. I, I think it's a really big ageist thing. Yeah. I think it's a really big ageist thing, yeah. Yeah. So and the combination of, of poverty, being a private, living in private rental, being old yeah. and being socially isolated... Is a massive, a it's, massive risk, a risk factor, risk. and yeah. gender is also a big risk factor. So, and and um, so, I, I think we some of the best statistics we actually have because we still there's still a problem of getting the gender disaggregated data, mm. you know, to be specific around that. Now, there's a lot of also men, of course, who've, who've died in heat waves, and there's very limited studies yet around gender fluid people or who don't necessarily identify as male or female. We have very little information yet. But so I think some of the most um, dense data we have is around the 2003 heat wave that happened in Europe where 70,000 people oh died over a couple of months in Europe in 2003, 70,000, of which 15,000 died in France. And there about 82% were people 75 plus, mm. yeah? So 85% of these people were in their 80s and beyond, and of that group, two-thirds were women. Wow. Um, and then there were some brilliant studies done too, but it's by Richard Keller, who did this wonderful work around uh, um, uh, that, that heat wave, and it's called Place Matters, where he looks at what was it about these particular people's living situation. Uh, the families had gone on holidays, left their ageing parents alone. Some of these ageing parents lived right on the top floor of some, you know, uh, Parisian apartment block with no insulation, nothing. Mm. A lot of people were found dead in their apartments wow. two weeks later and stuff, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and so he couldn't afford heating or cooling or whatever and, and, and the families weren't there either. So it, it really gave us a really good indication. And I'm thinking at Moreland, for instance, you know, I did a bit of kind of look into it, um, of, 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 of the, the age group from so 70 to 79-year-olds who live alone, um, more than double are women. Mm. And when you get to the 80-plus 
uh, three times as many women in Moreland live alone. Wow. And that, that's, that's really tricky. So um, council... And I guess, um, so, so, so when it comes to heatwave planning, each council has a heatwave plan, uh, state government has heatwave plan, there's the emergency management Victoria who tries to kind of manage some of that. And when a heatwave is being kind of announced, the chief health officer in Victoria sends out heat health alerts and yeah. they then trigger particular actions of councils. Now, the council becomes kind of responsible how to implement the heat health plan. And like I said, because it's not linked to any com Commonwealth funding, so so uh, if there's a heat wave and the chief health officer says, hey, everybody, be careful, heat wave coming up, stay cool, don't do this, do this. If you can't stay cool at home, go to a public cool space, your designated public cool spaces, like a library, swimming pool, uh, you go to the um, you, you Movies, go to shopping centres, yeah. that's right. But there's no funding attached from state government to council. So the councils have to find a way to manage, are we going to keep the library open longer? Are we going to have more staff? All of that. So, yeah. And that's why the it, councils, it's so varied how they implement that. And it's very tricky for people who don't have any money as well. Well, two years ago I went to a symposium by the National Institute of Ageing and the previous, the previous uh, acting chief health the, the health officer uh, asked him about heat waves and he said his response and I said older people and his response said well when it gets hot I like going to the movies yeah no, and that was a, it not for people that don't have any disposable income that's right unfortunately or people with mobility problems yeah, that's, that's right a right. lot of no people cars. can't access yeah. Or they, public transport. Because right. the public transport fails on a heatwave too. Yeah. And a lot of women can't also drive. That's yeah. the other thing. A lot of women that age often don't have licences or there's mobility. So they can't even get out of their house to get to some of these cool places. And then some of them, like shopping centres, are really uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. So if you are an older woman living in the city of Moreland and you want to get in contact, um, Margarita's interested in hearing from you. So so how would how do, how do people get in contact with you, Margarita? Yeah, if you are 70 plus or know somebody who is um, and who identifies as female and lives alone, please feel free to contact me to have a chat and see if you want to be part of this research. The best way to contact me would be if you feel free to give me a call on 0438 869 seven nine zero so that's we'll, my mobile and email is probably a bit too tricky to read out yeah we'll put the we'll give you out the number again at the end of the show and we'll also put it up in the show notes on the 3cr website love to hear from you yeah well, thanks so much for coming in it's been really fascinating and i think maybe some of our members are wondering why we've been talking about things like climate change when we're a housing organisation. Some but, of our ex-members. So, <laughs> but we know that it's a really important issue for older people, people who are, are low income, people who are living in private rental, who don't have the mobility and aren't going to have the resources to be able to deal with what's coming. So we need to keep talking yeah. about it. And that's why we've loved to have you speak at our AGM last week and also come in this week to tell us more about your study. So, yeah, thanks again. It's a pleasure. Thank you. All right. We're going to hear a couple of announcements and then we'll be back to talk about some other hag things. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program. Featuring information on health and housing services as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday 
on 3CR 855 AM. Tilda is one of only a handful of trans and gender diverse film festivals in the world and is returning to Footscray Community Arts Centre from Thursday the 28th of November to the following Sunday. Tilda showcases the works of TGD filmmakers and artists and films that have TGD content for TGD people, allies and the wider community. Check out the full program and get tickets at tildemelbourne.com. That's T-I-L-D-E melbourne.com, a 3CR supporter. You're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR 855am. My name's Shane and I'm here with Fiona. Um, we were just talking to Margarita about heat waves, uh, City of Moreland, why heat waves are an important issue for older people's housing. Mm. Um, we just wanted to expand a bit on what we were saying during that interview about minimum standards. So the government is consulting at the moment about minimum standards for rental properties. They're accepting submissions, uh, including public submissions. So if this is something that you're concerned about, it's a great opportunity to have your your perspective conveyed to the government. The Have your voice heard. The draft regulations that they're considering, um, there's nothing about cooling. There's a heating standard to be phased in over three years from July 2020. And basically that says that uh, there will be, landlords will be required to install a fixed heater in the main living area of all class one and two properties. Uh, and what class one and two is like freestanding houses and apartments. And also in class one, uh, buildings, meaning houses, there would also be a requirement for a two-star energy rating. Um, I'm not personally that across energy ratings, efficiencies, things like that. But what I understand is that two stars is, you know, not 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 anyone's idea of a good a good standard yeah. uh, or a basic standard. Um, so the government does need to hear from people. We are hearing, you know, so much about the impacts of climate change, but there's nothing about a cooling standard. There's nothing really about energy efficiency beyond that two-star rating for heaters. Mm. Uh, nothing about insulation, draft proofing, ventilation, um, all of those things. If you would like to, uh, you know, send, send in your thoughts to the government about that consultation, you can go online to the Engage Victoria website, which is engage.vic.gov.au forward slash renting regulations. Um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes on 3CR as well. Yeah, it just amazes me. If you look overseas, there's so much further ahead on these things like five-star energy rating for all rental properties that are part of the rental agreements. When you first go to look at a house, it tells you what the rental, what the five-star rating is or four-star energy rating is. And New Zealand has managed to put, uh, you know, government-funded insulation in all houses and they've had such a huge impact on the health and well-being of older people and babies just by having insulation in there because cooling and heating is so important to people's actual health anyway well there you go <laughs> we all love new zealand don't we um so that's the that's gonna be the end of the show for this week thanks so much for listening um if you want to get in touch with housing for the aged action group um either because you're an older person with a housing issue that you want to talk about get some advice about help finding a more affordable and secure home anything like that um, or because you'd like to get involved with some of our working groups, political lobbying and things like that, um, we would love to hear from you. I wonder if Fiona would like to read out the phone numbers. She's shaking her head. Um, the numbers you can call us on are uh, 9654-7389 uh, or 1300-765-138. 
Don't ask me. You know that I never Look, know our numbers. The, the second number will be in the show notes. Maybe I can't confirm right now, but definitely a correct number. You can call us on 9654-7389. Um, again, if you are a woman over the age of 70 in the city of Moreland, um, Margarita would love to hear from you for her study. Um, you can get in touch with her on 0438-869-790. Um, that's... Pretty much it from me. Is there anything else you want to tell the listeners, Fiona? No, just get just look look listen to our um, podcast that you haven't heard as well. Because um, listen of to your podcast. Well, maybe <laughs> they have heard the What's podcast. Yeah, maybe they already have. But um, but you did another one the other day, which was really interesting with someone from the Brotherhood. So if you want to catch up on that one, that's up online. So much interesting content on our podcast. It's true. Yeah. Um, Hag just had its AGM as well. Is there anything that you want to say about that? Yes, yeah, pretty good turnout, even though it was absolute apocalyptic weather conditions. We had lots of speaking people of show heat up. waves. Yep, speaking of heat waves, it was terrible. Thirty nine degrees and gale force winds. Um, but despite that, we had a really good turnout, um, and we have a new constitution which is pretty exciting. It means that there's going to be a whole bunch of um, changes which hopefully will make it better for members to participate. One of the things we put in place was um, that there needs to be a, a minimum number of people aged 50 plus who are older tenants on our committee of management, which is really great to see that. Just to make sure we don't get taken over by corporate lawyers. Uh, yeah, 28-year-olds yeah. or 13-year-olds. Can't stand them. No. Nah. Um, all right, look, we really do have to get out of here. Uh, we're going to leave you with a song. This is Lucy Thorne with Darlinghurst. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. It's- You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.